Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. What's up, everyone? Today is another amazing Monday. I pray you guys are all starting off your day on the right foot and really just getting ready to crush this whole week. Today is such an amazing day. It is Money Mondays. So uh, whether you guys are listening to this currently right now or on a Monday or another day or what have you on the replay, I hope you guys, you know, this does find you well and you guys are crushing it and making today the best day of your life. Do me a favor as well. Make sure you jump on to iTunes or anywhere that you listen to this podcast, Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing. Make sure that you are hitting that subscribe button as well as leaving a review. This just helps promote it out to more people as well as um, lets me know if I'm doing a good job or not and what you guys would like to see improved or possible guests to have on in the near future that you guys can learn from. So uh, with that being said, like I said, today is Money Mondays. I like to start off Mondays uh, talking about money because, and this isn't like an ego thing or you know, the world doesn't revolve around money, but at the end of the day, what I've noticed is I've been on both sides extremely poor, grew up very humble and living off of, you know, social security. My mom still currently does living off of social security, uh, less than 12 to $15,000 a year, uh, is what we lived on. And, you know, that's for all expenses, you know, that's our, that's our household income. So, you know, living on that side and then going on the side that I'm at, uh, currently, I'm not the richest person in the world by any means. I am financially stable. You know, let's say that at the end of the day, uh, I have huge goals to to get to, but I am financially stable. My bills are covered. I can live the life that I desire currently, which is a huge blessing. But I've been on both sides and it feels a lot better to be able to, you know, write a check to a a foundation or, um, or give away money to somebody that needs it or cover a hospital bill when it comes up to a family member or friend. Being on both sides and being stressed out when those bills come up when you're extremely poor and, and not having the mindset or the willpower to be able to cover those in comparison to having the finances, I, I always truly think it's a better side to be on. So uh, with that being said, let's dive into some money tips. And at the end of the day, you guys know that I'm super passionate about real estate. I love real estate investing. It's changed my life. It's uh, something that I'm very passionate about. And I believe everybody should have a little bit of real estate, whether they're passionate about it or not. It's always the end goal for a lot of people, but I think they, it, it's a smart idea and something that you're going to want to do is you know take notes during these these podcasts and any educational courses or activities that you're you're soaking in books, etc., to be able to implement this stuff sooner than later, so you can live the lifestyle that you enjoy. And like I said, I'm super passionate about real estate, but without this topic that we're going to be covering today, I would have not been able to first off just afford 
afford real estate. I wouldn't have been able to complete any of my remodels. Um, I wouldn't have been able to snowball everything and be able to compound my success and get more and more properties. We've done a lot within this certain topic and we're going to be covering the, the 101 of it today right here on Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Brandon Elliott. Today, we're going to be covering Credit 101. And the reason we're going to be covering credit is because it's like freaking unbelievable. I can't say enough about how much we have leveraged credit. Like we get free flights, we can get free car rentals, free hotels, status matching, basically getting and paying for the cheapest. What status matching is, if you're if you're unsure of this, we have courses on this stuff coming up that we have currently available and uh, just getting the marketing pieces ready to be able to put this out and help out more people, very affordable to anybody. At the end of the day, it, it will save you thousands of dollars and you get treated like a king. So status is, you know, with, with car rentals or hotels and flights, you start off on a bottom tier as a member and then you work your way up and the more that you, you stay with them, you get into their highest status, which they give you comps, they give you upgrades, they, they give you discounts, you know, the whole nine, they just treat you a lot better. So it's such an amazing tool to be able to have status matching all for free. You know, you don't need to stay in any of these places more like at all, uh, but you can when you decide decide to utilize the status matching and get the highest status with them, which is awesome. Like we have Hilton Diamond, Caesars Diamond, uh, Hyatt, you know, the, the list goes on. There's, there's a bunch that really wind into it. Uh, Wyndham, Best Western, Six, Hertz, Presidential Circle, um, National Executive Elite, all these car rentals and hotels can be super amazing. And, uh, and status is basically you pay for the cheapest, that's what I do. I always pay for the cheapest and then I get the highest and best that they have sweet or Jag or Mercedes, but I, I paid for, you know, the bottom of the barrel and I get the nicest for the same price. And then there's ways to be able to get comps and uh, free collections with that as well. We've MS'd uh, tens of thousands of dollars in profit at this point, just doing it very casually, very basic, uh, which is manufacturing spending with credit cards. There's so many different ways with that. Removal of hard inquiries. We can remove student loans, derogatory notes, remarks. You know, the list goes on and on. Getting huge credit lines, mass apply for 10 plus cards in one day, purchasing properties with credit cards has been amazing. And all at 0% interest. We can get 0% interest for 12 to 18 months, get money wired straight into our bank account, within two to three business days, usually within one or two. And, um, and we can lend out that money. We can have a little over $100,000 at this point that, you know, from several of these credit cards. And, um, and it's super powerful. So at the end of the day, I think there's so much power behind credit. And, you know, if you're not implementing credit, I highly suggest and recommend that we start building up your credit right now because it, it goes into a phase. You know, before you can actually leverage your credit, there's phases to this. You need to understand how you're getting judged by the creditors out there and fix your credit. So fix credit, build credit, and then leverage credit. In that order, if you take advantage of this stuff, it is truly amazing. So we're going to be covering the fixed credit part today. And just so you can get a better understanding as well as being able to figure out, you know, how your credit is working and how you're being judged as a, um, as a person utilizing your credit. So 
Uh, with that being said, there are two steps that you're going to want to do right now. And make sure you are taking notes on this stuff because we are going to be diving into some really amazing stuff uh, in the next few minutes. So uh, step one, you're going to want to make accounts with uh, Credit Karma and then Experian. So Credit Karma and Experian, make sure you have an, a membership, an account with them. They're both free. Experian, it makes it a little bit more uh, difficult. They're, they're always trying to get a dollar out of you or a couple bucks for a membership and pros and um, you know accounts to get upgraded. But if you look finally and just scroll to the bottom and continue with my membership, which is zero dollars, then you will just, you know, it's always going to be free to log in. So make sure you do that. You don't need to pay for either of these. These are both free. Um, and these are the three credit bureaus. So you got uh, TransUnion, Equifax, which is under Credit Karma. And then you got Experian, which is by itself the third one. And uh, these are the three creditors, credit bureaus that are, are getting, you know, all the creditors are reporting your information to them on a regular basis. So there's that alone is crucial to have those. Make sure it's on your phone, downloaded, and easy access to check your credit on a regular basis. Now, the first thing you're going to want to uh, acknowledge when you are on these sites is that there is a score on there and people think it's their FICO score, their credit score, and it's incorrect. These scores that you see are actually the Vantage score. So the Vantage score in comparison to the FICO score, what's the difference between? Vantage score is their own definition of making up their own numbers and their own platform to be able to give it to you for free. FICO, you need to pay for or you can get it uh, one time free at the end of the year, freeannualcreditreport.com. Otherwise, you can reach out to the credit bureaus and actually ask for a copy of each individual one free once a year as well. There's plenty of ways around that as well. You can get it multiple times instead of just once a year. But um, besides that, these bureaus, you know, the, this FICO score versus the Vantage score, at the end of the day, the Vantage score is free. And I just like to round it off as it's fake. They have a different range of credit up to like 900 in some cases. And it's just a platform that they are, are trying to be able to get more money out of you. And they judge each, each box in your credit, what makes up your credit differently. So at the end of the day, it's not the same as your FICO. You want your FICO, but these sites are good for actually looking at what makes up your credit. And there's six boxes that we're going to go over. So six boxes that you're really going to want to pay attention to on a regular basis. As far as the, the score that you see at the top, that's just your Vantage score. Don't worry about that, whether it's high, low, don't brag about that stuff. It's just the Vantage score. And I've seen it as far as 150 points off. And that's plus or minus what it should actually truly be. So don't worry about that score that you see. Look down to see what actually the six boxes are. And on Credit Karma, it's very easy. In the top left-hand corner under overview, then you're gonna see, you're gonna click on that and it's gonna see uh, the second one down, it's score details. If you click that, then once it uploads, you scroll down just a little bit halfway through, there's gonna be six boxes that you're gonna wanna pay attention to. 
Now, most creditors out there actually look at your, your Experian report. So they're going to be judging a lot off that. So it's good to look at those, that report as well. But I personally believe that Credit Karma is just super easy and convenient, uh, less hassle to be able to look at. But I want you to look at all three. When I say three, it's really all two because, like I said, TransUnion and Equifax are under Credit Karma. So when you're looking at both of those, like I said, if, if we're just looking at Credit Karma, you go to the overview, score details, roll down to the six boxes, and there's going to be six boxes that you're going to want to pay attention to because these are the crucial boxes that really make up your, your credit score. And uh, once you're looking at those boxes and you're well-educated on those boxes, you're going to be able to actually tell the range of what your true FICO score is. So let's just dive into it. Um, so the first in box one would be payment history. And, uh, and out of these six boxes, there is a high impact, medium impact, and low impact we're just going to dive into each individual one and break those down because even on Credit Karma, if you go there right now and start, you know, checking it out, those six boxes, click on each box, it shows more details or just a, a breakdown to get a better idea of how you're being judged, which is super crucial. So play around with these websites and see, you know, how you can actually um, understand it better, grasp it. I'm more of a visual learner instead of just listening or uh, taking notes. I'm more of hands-on. So play around with it and this might help you as well. The payment history. So they have their own formula. It's a high impact uh, to your credit score. They have their own formula that if you have a longer history with each in particular account, as far as, you know, say you have a credit card that You've had it for 10 years. That's every single month it's getting reported. So that's a very long history. Maybe that's several hundred that uh, is going to report there. So basically the longer history, the less impact if you miss one or two or three payments. But uh, the shorter, if you miss any payments, one payment in a short period of time of just having this account open, it's going to impact it tremendously in a negative way. At the end of the day, always shoot for paying your, your credit or anything that you owe on time. Don't ever you know, fall into the trap of uh, missing one and then missing a, another. It just It's a bad cycle that is going to mess up. Only spend what you can afford to be able to pay off. So if you do have a late payment and your payment history is off then and you're getting dinged from it you're definitely going to want to remove that an easy way to be able to remove that is fighting it on cfpb.gov so that's a crucial tip right there cfpb.gov it's a government website that helps interact with the creditor that put that late payment on there it helps them to be able to make them reply back within a short period of time, uh, typically within 15 days, or else it's automatically going to get removed. So there's a lot of power behind working in there, and it's an easier way if you keep fighting through there to get what you actually want out of it. At the end of the day, always shoot for 100%. And then moving on, so credit age, that's a medium impact. So under two years, it's going to be a strong uh, red which, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to want all of your six boxes to be green. 
and there's levels to it. There's green, there's yellow, and then there's red. So under two years is a strong red. That's the worst situation. And uh, under five years is red. Five to six years is yellow. Seven to eight years is green. And then nine plus years of credit age, like credit history is the best. So you want to shoot for as long as possible. A lot of people out there think that there's nothing that they can do to actually be able to increase their credit age. And for the most part, there's not too much like you need to stick with you can't fast forward uh, your age process of how long you've had certain credit cards or, you know, credit accounts in general. But what you can do is become an authorized user and there's plenty of different, they're called trade lines that you can purchase online or sell your trade lines and lease them out online as well. So I sell mine online and in a private group of mine that I've built as well uh, to get discounted rates um, and get a little bit more for your buck as well to make it a win-win situation for both sides. But you can check out websites like boostmyscore.com. And, uh, and that's one of the sites that I sell mine. And it's just an easy platform to be able to get that extra trade line on there. And basically somebody that has a 20 year old credit card with $10,000 in as a credit line on that card, nothing derogatory, nothing late, good history. Basically once they make you an authorized user onto the account and you give them your social uh, to the to the credit card company, then they're going to report that every month, that good standing every month to your credit card or to your credit bureaus, which is going to help you out tremendously. You're just piggybacking off of their good stance. So it's profitable and it's, it's worth paying for something like that to be able to get that huge uh, credit age because that's really your only other way to be able to get a higher age, especially if you're brand new, 18 years old. I add my nephews and nieces to mine as an authorized user so I can get them on a stronger foot uh, right off the bat in uh, the near future by the time they turn 18. And then total accounts. So this is the low end, but, um, but basically you want to shoot for 21 plus accounts. And basically you want to shoot for 21 plus, but if right when you get to 11 accounts to 20, you're still in the green, which is good. And um, six to 10, you're in that yellow phase. And then zero to five, it's like a strong red. And those are going to impact your score if, if you don't actually have enough accounts. You want to shoot for 21 plus. So back in the day when you heard that crazy myth of, you know, only have one or two credit cards, you know, don't, don't have any more than that, then that will actually hold you back. Somebody that plays by that rule of thumb will always hold you back and you're going to be failing and not getting the best of the best with your, with your total credit. The total accounts, you do want to have a mixed use of your credit. You don't want to have all just only credit cards. You want to have like a mortgage, student loan, car, personal, and credit cards as well, retail cards. So having a mixed use of it shows that you know how to utilize credit, you are using it properly, you're in good standings with everything. So when you have 21 plus accounts like that, then that's great. I personally don't have any student loans. I'm not going to get any at this point. I'm not going to school and I don't need any student loans. So I won't have that, but mine is still 21 plus accounts and it is mixed use behind, besides that, which is uh, beneficial. Any accounts that ever close, like that you finish paying, like I have a car note that I paid and it's free and clear and it closed out. Never remove those accounts. 
it's not going to impact your score anymore to a certain degree. But when you remove it, the creditors can't see it. Like it's not going to be beneficial. So keep it on there if it's in good standings and it's paid off or what have you. Keep those accounts on there because believe it or not, it will actually help just a little bit. Uh, to increase and and help when creditors are judging you. You don't want to remove anything that is in good standings, even if it's closed. Uh, So the next one is hard inquiries. That one, it's a low impact. Most people get terrified of this one in particular, which is funny. They think it's more of a high impact. Like, I don't want to, you know, stress out. I don't want to pull a hard inquiry on my account because it'll mess up my score. Honestly, most of the time, it only affects your score by three to five points. And it's really only going to affect your score hard for the first three months. After that, three to six months, it typically falls off. It will stay on your account for up to two years, 24 months. But it's it's not going to be affecting your score whatsoever after three months. And most creditors are going to look outside of that afterwards. But there's awesome ways that you can actually remove the hard inquiries as well. And I just personally removed 25 hard inquiries from mine that they were supposed to be on my credit report, but I removed them because I didn't want them to be on there uh, stuck messing up my score because 20 something, it actually did affect my score about 20 points. And it was starting to deny me from more credit cards that I wanted to get that are really good. So basically those hard inquiries, there's like zero hard inquiries is obviously the best. One to two, you're still in the green. And then a five to eight range, you're going into a a red. And then anything over nine is like strong red. So three to four, you're still in the yellow, but ideally, you know, the, the less, the better. And uh, I did keep a couple hard inquiries on my report. But besides that, I removed 25 different hard inquiries that now don't have any effect and creditors can't see that on my credit report, which is awesome. And that's a service that we provide as well. If you guys have any issues with that or trying to get new loans, mortgages, I did it so I can get another cash out refinance uh, mortgage as well as apply for new credit cards. I want to go on a spree. There's ways that you can get 10 plus credit cards in just one day, which is very, very powerful. And that's what I plan to do in the near future. And at this point, we have like almost 30 credit cards that we're playing around with. And, uh, and there's so much power behind that. People in my mastermind groups, they have you know 300 plus credit cards, which is crazy, but it's, it's doable. It's a lot of management to go through all them and make sure that you're not getting any fees or anything. But um, if you set them up correctly, it's very, very powerful. There's ways to waive the annual fees and everything. So there's, there's a lot of power behind this stuff with credit card game. And then derogatory marks. So four plus derogatory marks is like the worst of the worst. Two to three, you're in the red. One is yellow, you know, just even one. Obviously, you want to shoot for the best, which is all green, which is zero. But uh, derogatory remarks is like something that's in collections, something that, you know, you didn't pay for a long time and, and it got sold off to collections. Basically, to be able to get these removed, you can do that as well, like uh, bankruptcies and a bunch of other things. You just need to wait until the charge off and the government like forgives it from the creditor 
And so they get a tax advantage from the government. And then basically, you'll be able to get it uh, fully removed. So if you guys have any questions about that as well, reach out to me. It's a service that we offer. It's very valuable. So uh, we're not teaching these things at the moment. But in the near future, we do have a lot of courses and, and things coming out regarding the credit realm that uh, are definitely going to be extremely lucrative that you can make tens of thousands of dollars per month if you truly take action on it and doing it like 100% part-time, which is uh, it's very, very powerful. Um, and then credit card use is a high one. There's a high impact. And honestly, this is the one that I see the most people getting screwed over on their credit report. Most people that are in, you know, good people that always pay on time, nothing derogatory, have a few credit cards here and there, trying to do the whole what their parents taught them or what the school system taught them about credit cards, only have one or two credit cards. Uh, they might not be succeeding with their, um, their overall total accounts, you know, because they only have a few accounts but their credit age is good. They only get one or two credit cards, but have it for a very long time. And the credit card age also does an average. So if you get a brand new card, but you have a five-year-old card, they're going to take the average of that. And that's going to be your average age. Uh, FYI, I didn't cover that in the past, but as far as credit card usage goes, this is your utilization rate. And there are uh, different brackets of it, just like all the others that you're going to get judged. And Basically, zero to 9% of your utilization rate, that is the absolute best. And FYI, the top one percenters out there are stated to have only 3% of their utilization rate that are reporting. Basically, under 9% and under is going to be your, your absolute best, you know, thumbs up green for utilization rate. 10 to 29% is the next bracket and that's still green, that's still good, but you're gonna do slightly less on the scoreboard as far as credit goes. And then once you go over that 29%, once you go from 30 to right below 50% at 49%, that's when you're in that middle bracket. It's going to hit your credit score slightly and it's going to be in the yellow. But right when you go over 50%, you know, over the 49, once you hit 50% and over, it hits a strong impact on your credit score and it will drop your credit score. I've seen over a hundred points like that and then continuously fall slowly after by just having over that, you know, that 50% mark. Um, once you get to past uh, 75, like 75 and up for utilization rate, that's the absolute worst. It's going to hit another uh, smack to the face with, uh, with your credit. It's going to worsen your, uh, your overall score. And when we say utilization rate, there is, it's going to cover your total credit line, meaning if your total credit line is $1,000 on your credit card and you're using 50% of it, that's what your statement date shows and that's what's getting reported then it's always, it's going to hurt your score tremendously every single month. And the bottom line behind this is that what's getting reported to the three credit bureaus is when your statement date comes out. So if you look on your credit card statement, it's going to show two different things. It's going to show your statement closing date, which is the one that is very important that you wanna keep an eye on. 
and then there's going to show your payment due date, which is typically two to three weeks later after your statement closing date. The statement closing date is the most crucial one because when your statement date closes every single month, that number, whatever your balance is, is the actual one that's getting reported to the credit bureaus. So an easy way to make sure that your credit bureaus are always showing as low as possible is to see what that closing statement date is and it fluctuates every single month, typically the same date every month, but some, some months are different than others and it will fluctuate by two to three business days. So make sure that you always pay off or pay as much as you can before that statement date actually closes because whatever your balance is, is actually the number that's going to get reported to the credit bureaus. And if you're getting close, I know one person in green standings all, all the way around with all six boxes, but his credit um, utilization rate was at an all time worse, like 95% utilization rate. And he paid off in full every single month, but he waited until the statement date came out to actually finally pay. And his credit line on his credit card was only $500. It's very easy to pay 500, to have bills up to $500. He was having bills like 470 something dollars and was messing up his credit. So ways around this is to be able to get, first off, just a little side note, there's tips and tricks out there that you can actually have a 95% utilization rate and still report to the credit bureaus 0%, the ultimate green, like everything good. You know, so there's tips and tricks out there that we teach uh, privately one-on-one or in small group settings to be able to help you take your business to the next level and scale it or really understand how you're getting judged. But this is just the side note to be able to understand this stuff so you can fix, leverage and build and then, or so you can fix, build and leverage in that order and really be able to crush it. So a way that you guys can get your utilization rate low, obviously is always pay it before the statement date comes out. But also you can ask for credit line increases. There's certain algorithms and special algorithms that we teach that can help get your algorithms uh, boosted up and be able to get a huge credit line increase. I'm talking you know, 50 to $100,000 on one credit card like that. So those special tips and tricks we teach privately to paid clients. But as far as doing it on your own, and we can, I'll give you a couple little secrets right here, right now, that basically, if you're not utilizing your card that much each month, then they're not going to give you a credit line increase. If you utilize it very heavily for two to three months in a row, by almost maxing it out, never actually max it out, but get very close and then pay it off. Do that three to four times or as many times as you'd like within one to three months and they'll either naturally give you a credit line increase or that you can personally reach out to them, call them, ask them for a credit line increase, always shoot for the moon because they're never going to give you actually what you want. They're always gonna settle somewhere in the middle. So shoot very, very high if they ask, what would you like your credit line increase to be? And then shoot for somewhere in the middle uh, is what they're going to give you. But now if you can't actually get the credit line increase or you've already maxed out all those resources, you haven't had your credit card long enough or whatever the reason is that they're denying you for it, 
then I would recommend getting trade lines, buying trade lines, utilizing friends, family, other resources around you that would add you as an authorized user. What we talked about before with the credit age, you know, this helps tremendously with the credit card use as well for your utilization rate. Because like I said, you're going to be able to leverage and get the exact same credit profile that one individual has, like your parents or your best friend or your family, like sisters, brothers, whatever, whatever credit that they have, if they have a credit line of $10,000, five-year history and nothing derogatory, nothing late, then you're going to get exactly that to be reporting to your credit bureaus uh, as if it's yours, which is huge. And that will change that $500 credit line that you currently have up to 10,500 and that will help your utilization rate tremendously. So doing those tips and tricks is super awesome and uh, it's going to help you out ridiculously well. Uh, once you're in all green for all six of the boxes, then you can really start building and leveraging your credit to the next level. But, um, uscreditcardguide.com is a great site to be able to check out all the different credit cards and how to apply and, and so forth. When you get to the point that all the boxes are green until that day, uh, reach out to me if you have any questions to be able to improve all of your six boxes to get them in the green. Or if you need help with a trade line as an authorized user, uh, we have a private group of individuals that are all trustworthy and good people that it's very safe. There's no issues with it. I can give you the breakdown and show you. You can Google it as well online to be able to get a better understanding of trade lines and authorized user positions, the pros and the cons behind it, and how much it can truly impact your score and help out your credit situation in such a short period of time. So uh, with that being said, that is the overall breakdown of the six boxes, six boxes, when it comes down to how the creditors are judging your credit and how you can take the initial first reaction to understand it and really be able to start fixing it, then build it, and then be able to leverage it to make insane profits. The money that we get when we leverage, like I said, we can leverage a little over $100,000 into our credit, uh, into our bank accounts from our credit cards at 0% interest for 18 months. And we leverage that out from anywhere from high amounts from uh, hard money lending from anywhere from 12 to 20, 25 or 50% interest in three to four month uh, terms. And I have 18 months to be able to pay it off. So I have backup options. I have it secured by properties and I can flip that money several times at very high interest rates to be able to, you know, make my money work hard for me. And it's all at 0% interest. Also on any of your fix and flips, every single remodel we've ever done has always been on credit at 0% interest. So there's a lot of power behind it. You can utilize this in any business to be able to grow your business. And um, yeah, there's just, I'm so passionate about real estate, but I'm so passionate about credit as well. And I really do hope that this found you well and you're gonna be able to take action, crush it, and be able to leverage your credit in the near future. If you guys have any questions, as always, reach out to me at brandonelliotinvestments.com. 
otherwise on social media, it's Brandon Elliott investments, uh, on Instagram and then on facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott, R E I. That being said, we're about to get out of here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review. Feel free to reach out to me. Love you guys all so much. Till next time, stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.